Welcome to Deed and Truth, a podcast where we explore loving God and loving our neighbors, not just in words, but also in actions, and with the Bible as the source and standard of truth. I'm your host, Tommy Morris. With me today, I am joined by Pat and Susie Howe. So Pat is pastor at Live Oak Church in Navarre, has been there since it began some, you said, 22 years ago? Yes? Yes. Yes. All right. And Susie is a fourth grade teacher at Gulf Point Latin School here in Navarre, Florida. And they are joining me today to talk about marriage, specifically how to love your spouse. So we're going to go over some different questions and they are going to shed some knowledge on 23 years of marriage and what they have learned over those 23 years with us. So welcome to the show. Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, Tommy. Awesome. All right. So we're going to start. We're going to do a two-parter. So this will branch over two weeks uh, of of episodes. But Pat, we're going to put you on the hot seat first, and we're going to talk about how to love your wife well. Okay. Yeah. So my first question, and, and I guess you can both answer this one, is did you always love your spouse well? Did it start off in just total bliss and and you were just a pro right from day one uh we have been in the honeymoon stage for 23 years <laughs> oh, yeah? and it's all because of me i am amazing <laughs> um got a book deal coming out right right yeah, yeah it's it's yeah so one obviously uh i've not always loved Susie as well as i love her now she really can speak to whether how how well i do it but there there are a lot of things that i regret you know, that I look back and go, man, I wish I would have done this better. You know, thankfully, she she has allowed me to grow and encouraged me in that. But no, I, I would say I have not loved Susie well all the time. And I don't love her. I did not love her as well in the beginning as I do now. With saying that and, and understanding that, that there have been a lot of lessons learned over the years, what would you say early on are, are some of the state mistakes uh, you made or ways that you did not love her well, or even in all the, the marriage counseling that you've provided, common things that you see that men maybe kind of don't get it early on? Wow, that's a good question. So I, I got aggravated. I was stressed uh, because we got married. We moved within six months. We started the church within nine months, which was a huge mistake. And when we got married, Susie had two little ones, our two boys, because her husband, her late husband, Mark, had been killed. So there was a lot that I was not ready for, that I didn't love her well. I don't think I communicated as well as I should have, because I thought my my ideas of what I should be were, you're supposed to be strong, you're supposed to be the leader, all those things. So I think that at times, because I would not take my stress out on her, I think at times I took it out on the boys and that did not create peace in our home. I don't think I added to peace in our home a lot. Uh, but that's what I wanted because that's yeah. what all men want. And I just didn't communicate well that, hey, I'm feeling very stressed or I'm exhausted or whatever. And so I just, I was frustrated a lot. Uh, I, I I would say one of the ways I did not love her well is I think sometimes I took her side more than I should have. Wouldn't you agree with that? I, I agree with that. We had you know, discipline issues with little kids. And I had a very strong opinion of what should happen. And I would want to control things. And Pat, to keep the peace, would often take my side when probably I wasn't thinking as clearly as I should have. Well, and and I would say I didn't always. So one, I assumed you knew more than I did, which you did. (laughs) That is true. But two, I thought loving her well was just always taking her side. And now that I've gotten to know her and she's an amazing mom and she wants to be the best she could be, I think I could have loved her better by calmly having a conversation of saying, let's think through, 
your desire is to be the very best. And, and yeah. I don't want this to come across as if Susie was an amazing mom. Susie is an amazing mom. Our kids would affirm that. She has a close relationship with all of our kids. But there were discipline issues that I think I made worse because I came in as the the bull going, no, mom is right. I'm just going to force you guys instead of really going, let's sit down and talk about this. And I could have supported her without being the bull because yeah. that just created more frustration and that sort of thing that's so that's very interesting that you bring that up so in our initial uh, episode that i did with Dwayne, we talked about defining the terms and when we were discussing love one of the things that we talked about was modern society love is being in agreement always propping whatever other person's beliefs or thoughts are and so early on even 23 years ago that idea of love was that you had to agree with her and come to her side and support where she was and sometimes we miss that that thought that Sometimes love, there is disagreement, and that is a loving thing to maybe say, hey, you know, maybe we're not 100% right on this. Well, so Susie was really good at, about that with me. She was good about talking to me about, hey, was that the best way to handle it? Or, or I mean, she was good at going, I know your heart is to be the best dad you can be, or I know your heart is to be the best husband you can be, so my job is to help you and help you think through it. I, I was the one that went, well, I've I've heard all these horror stories and I've read these things that parents have to be united front mm, yeah, against yeah. their kids kind of thing. Instead of going, no, we need to be united in our goals and then we need to talk together about those things. And I know mm. this is getting off on parenting instead of marriage. <laughs> but, but, but it is part of it. But that yeah. was part of it because yeah. she was always really good to talk to me. Even yeah. if like, hey, so-and-so, you need to spend some more time with so-and-so. I think it would be good. That that sort of thing. And, yeah. I, and I did not do a good job of thinking through those things. Mm. But I would say the big thing was I don't know that I communicated what was going on with me in the beginning well of your like personal stress yeah. that you were under yeah, yeah because i felt like well my job was to you know my job was to protect you that i was very stressed out or that i was feeling mm. overwhelmed because right. i felt like that would make you then feel vulnerable or oh what you know that you would start going down a road that life was going to fall apart now that i know you and see how strong you are i should have trusted you more I would yeah. say that that has been a big thing. And so, therefore, we did not have as clear a communication at the beginning as we should have. Right. Like, you don't want to burden her with your stress. Right. right. Which so, I yeah. appreciated, by the way. <laughs> but I do think that there's a balance of knowing your husband, knowing what his world looks like. And because God has given us the role as helper, wanting to take that mantle on and do it well, to know how to how to pray for you, how to help remove obstacles that would create more frustration in the home front. You know, those are helpful things that we got better at later yeah. on. That's good. Yeah. So as an example, so now, so then I feel like, and if I'm wrong, you can tell me, but then <laughs> I, I feel like then because I didn't share some of that, you're left trying to figure out what's going on with me. Like fill in the blanks kind yeah, of thing. And, yeah. and, and the tendency of most, most wives is to say, well, there's a problem with us or there's yes. a problem in the home. Now I think I'm a lot better at going, hey, I want you to know I'm stressed. It has nothing to do with you. And even if I don't tell you all the details, I can just say, hey, I'm stressed or I'm tired or whatever. And it has nothing to do with you. And so please don't interpret my just being quiet or my needing to be alone or just to watch a ball game or whatever, you know, don't interpret that as anything to do with you. <laughs> yeah. And that's very helpful. 
So that's good. So communication, clearly one of the common themes that comes up as an issue uh, in marriages. I know for Helena and I, one of the things that was brought up or that we've kind of been working through and learning is that communicating instead of either one trying to protect the other person, as you say, from whatever you're dealing with personally. But then the other thing is the kind of expectation for our spouse to read our mind, right? Like, how do you not know? You should know that I'm thinking or feeling or struggling with X, Y, Z right now. Like, instead of just telling them, hey, I'm struggling with this, we're like, well, how do they not see this? How do they not know that I'm going through this? And that's another element of communication that I would say early on is an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I have more to say about that from a woman's perspective. Yeah, we'll, if you want to we'll, do that, we'll do it in a yeah, minute. Well, yeah, we'll get into, yeah, <laughs> we'll get into your side. Um, so, yeah, so let's continue with this. So you, so you brought up that over the years, communication was one of the things you learned to do better. What else would you say uh, kind of was part of that learning curve from 23 years ago to today uh, of, of ways that you learned to love Susie better? Well, one is getting to know your spouse. Mm. It's not trying, it's, you know, assuming the best of them, but also just getting to know them, um, getting to know, well, this is their heart. This is what they're trying to accomplish. This is what they mean. And maybe some of this is because I haven't communicated well. Like I know their heart. So I'd say the biggest thing is, you know, we're supposed to live with our wives in an understanding way. And Mm -hmm. I, I do believe that that is making the point that husbands should commit to trying to understand their wives and not just make assumptions, but really try to understand. So then knowing her heart, when she says something that doesn't come across the way I want to hear it, instead of getting defensive, going, okay, I know her heart. I need to try to understand what she's saying. Mm. I don't need to react to the fact that she said it poorly. Right. And again, though, I would say that I learned that also from Susie because mm. I regularly don't say things the way I should. <laughs> and she would ask clarifying questions. Ah, okay. And, you know, and I'm going, well, I really appreciate that. I should also do the same to her. <laughs> <laughs> That's working. Let me try it. Yeah. <laughs> she just completely got me to agree with yeah. her and I don't know how <laughs> nice nice that's good that's good so yeah I've heard um actually talking to Andy at one point and he had he said you know one of his thoughts in marriage was asking people do you really believe that your spouse has ill intentions for you right do you feel like yeah. they wish the worst for you or do you think that they wish the best right and sometimes in the middle of conflict, we're thinking, ah, they're just, you know, they have it out for me. Why are, you know, why are they trying to do this or that? And we, we almost judge their intentions as being malicious. Filled malicious. With is that the word? Filled malicious. with malice. Yeah, malicious. And uh, southern mouth words. It's hard. <laughs> you get it, Pat. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, and, and just realizing like that's more often than not, not the, the case, right? There's no malicious intent there. Their, their intent actually is for you to, to have a more loving relationship with them and with God. And, and so, yeah. right. So the rule that we had from the very beginning for our house, so it applied to our marriage, but it was our house as a whole was to always assume the best. So choose to interpret everything in the very best possible light that you can. I choose to think through the very best scenario and, and, ascribe that to my spouse or to our home, our children or whatever. And that really helped. That helps assuage a lot of anger when Mm. you go, let's think through why, you know, what is the best scenario? Yeah. The bigger picture versus the, just the moment that you're in, right. We get so, Mm. so caught up in the moment and we lose sight of. 
Well, and to go off of what Andy said, so uh, in love and respect, they talk about, you know, did you marry a good-willed husband or a good-willed woman? Mm. And then Dr. Laura, who's not a Christian, but I, one thing I really appreciate is she would she will regularly ask people the question, you know, has your husband proven himself to be a, overall a good man, or has your wife proven herself to be a good woman? Then, then why are you assuming the worst of them? Why, mm. why do you then decide that they've become bad? You know, sort of thing, just good. because of this conflict. Yeah, that's good. All right, so I have a two-part question. That and this is actually something Helena wanted me to ask you all. She wanted to know how do you love your spouse well, from kind of two standpoints. The first being from a spiritual standpoint, and the second from a practical day-to-day living standpoint. So spiritually, and then practically and just day-to-day living how do you love your wife well well so again i'm doing a lot of the talking but really the <laughs> susie should be the one answering how i love her well because i'm going to give my interpretation i'll, and, I'll let you know if it's and right i'm or not. always going to interpret uh, we should have done like the newly <laughs> we should have done the newlywed game where you write an answer and then she yes. and see if you see got if it right and, and, and i could tell her if she was wrong or not no, <laughs> she would actually tell me well look you can uh, both chime in i mean obviously we have you both um, so if you want to share and then she can share some and, and, you know, that so, way so she can what, validate what you said. I'll give my say. interpretation <laughs> of right. how I try to love her well, and then she can state how I love you well. That sounds good. Yeah. Go uh, for it. And only in the positive, the how <laughs> I love you well. Um, so how do I l- try to love her well spiritually? So it is very important to Susie that we memorize scripture together. Okay. And so I try to keep that in the forefront that we do that. Okay. And it's important to me too, but I think it's really important to you. So I try to go, you know, we don't need to just do this as a family because it's important, but it is something that to her is very important. Uh, So I try to keep that in the forefront and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not great at every day, but I try to do that. And then how do I try to love her practically is I try to be very easy to live with. <laughs> I really do because it's probably the most underrated great advice ever. <laughs> well, right? Be- like that's good. So I appreciate so it. So yeah. Susie takes on her personality is to take on a lot of projects. Mm. And because she can do a lot of projects, then she takes us kind of like, you know, um, Patrick Ewing, you know, we Mm. spend a lot of, we make a lot of money, but we spend a lot (laughs) of money. Well, she can do a lot of projects, so she does a lot of projects. So she will often, and those projects are good, but I will feel like, man, she creates her own stress because she's trying to do so much Mm. for so many people. And I should be easy to live with. So when our adult children come home and they're and if they have to live at our house for a while, and I will say to them, because there's another adult in the house, life here should be easier, not harder. So you live here now, the it should be easier because yeah. you're another adult. Well, we're two adults. Life should be easier because we're in each other's lives. So I try to be easy to live with. I try not to uh, make anything difficult. I try to be very, you know, easy goes type thing. And um, I try to really think through, she does so many great things i try to really think through is what the whatever a minor little thing is is it worth knowing her and knowing she's going to own it deeply is Mm. it really worth whatever little thing i was going to complain about and then usually i go it's just not because i'm going to say it and get over it 
Yeah. But I know her. She's going to feel deeply about that. Yeah. And, perseverate over it. Yeah. And so yeah. it's just not worth it, you know? So okay. those, those are my two ways that That's I good. Think. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. Those are ways you love me really well. Another way you love me really well is that um, I think early on in our marriage, prayer together wasn't as natural mm. and regular as you would assume a pastor and his wife would be praying together. <laughs> Let's just be so honest. It you might want to edit awkward. that out. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's a hard thing to cultivate as a couple. Yes, and I can attest so to that. So yeah. that, it seems like that just should be, but that's a discipline that has to be really cultivated over yeah. time. And so one of the ways you love me really well, especially now, is that that is a nightly habit that we've honed over the years. And that is deeply anchoring as we're going through highs and lows and, you know, confusing or stressful times just to unite ourselves in prayer before the throne of grace, leaving everything at the in the capable hands of God. Doing that together and having you lead in that is very loving to me because that just takes the stress level down. It creates intimacy between the two of us. And so I've really appreciated that. Well, look, I'm going to say right now, I appreciate you sharing that because hearing that a pastor <laughs> and a pastor's wife struggled with that early on helps me because that was a big struggle. Helena, her big desire was for us to pray together. And it felt awkward for me. I didn't know how to pray with Thank somebody you. else. Like, it was just weird. I felt like I was ill-equipped. I felt like I didn't know what to say. Yep. I didn't know how to pray with her. And she just wanted it so bad. You know, and if, if we finally got to a point where we're praying as a family every night. So that was like a start. And we'd do family prayer time. But then she and I still weren't praying together. And... Lately, that has been something that has started. Now, I must confess, she initiates more often than I do, and, and I, it's an area I realize I need to take the spiritual lead and initiate it more, but she definitely initiates more, but we have started after our family prayer time praying together, and we actually have a big post-it note on the, next to the bed on the wall of prayer requests, you know, and she'll say, okay, let's look at this and let's pray for something. And then I think something that's helped uh, kind of encourage it more is we saw two things that got answered off our off our mm. prayer list and it was like oh okay that was very encouraging like let's pray about the other ones now Let, let's get going so so yeah but definitely i felt super awkward super out of place felt like i was tripping all, all over myself so so, yeah. so i would like to say to whoever's listening to this podcast the dudes listening to the podcast <laughs> all right listen up dudes several things about that number one your wife really wants that number two it's going to be awkward <laughs> it just is so people were and i know yeah. people were making assumptions because we're at the church and i'm the pastor and they're right. and i'm sure they're thinking man i bet every night they're just having worship service <laughs> and before the throne of god you know right. and it just was it was just it was awkward for me yeah and so what i would tell the guys is listen guys you want to be the hero to your wife pray with her mm. And quit trying, if you're thinking this way, quit trying to think that it has to be something deep and spiritual <laughs> right, yeah. or that you have to somehow yeah. pray a deep spiritual prayer. I mean, there are times when we're exhausted and I'll reach over in bed and we've already got the lights off. I've already got my CPAP machine <laughs> on 
And I'm like, oh, like we good still need to for play. <laughs> yes. The Dar- Darth Vader. I get that every night. <laughs> and, and I'll reach over and just grab her hand and just say, hey, I'm going to pray for us. Lord, please give us a good night's sleep. We have a lot going on tomorrow. Please let our minds relax and let our thoughts be on you, not on us, or something like that. Or sometimes I'll just pray, Lord, just I'm exhausted. Just please let us sleep well. And yes, that's not super spiritual, but that's better than nothing. And that's right. that's where I had to get somewhat comfortable that something's better than nothing. And there are some right. times when the prayer is really good. And there are other times where you go, it's not that that wasn't good, but let's be honest, it wasn't deep, but it was still important yeah. that we do it. So guys, it's going to yeah. be awkward. It yeah. just is going to be, but you want to be her hero, pray with her. And I, and I think speaking to that is is just understanding that God does, is he's not looking for some grand gesture. He just wants our heart, right? So, yes. so not thinking that you have to do this grand gesture in this big, elaborate, theologically infused prayer. Just pray your heart, right? Or so. that it has to be some intimate, super spiritual time. So right. when, yeah. in the beginning, I'm like, hey, I always in my office when I'm praying, I get on my knees. Mm. So it's like, oh, we're going to get on our knees by the bed. It's like, oh, that's weird. you know. And it, <laughs> it just was, and I would just say, it's just going to be awkward, yeah. but don't give up on it. Yeah, just do it. Okay. This is like, you know, when they put the psychological thing up and say, what do you see in this picture? So what are the first thought when I say the word conflict? Oh, well, we have a lot of thoughts on conflict, uh, <laughs> but I would say make the problem the problem, mm. not the not your spouse. So That's good. You, you and your spouse define the problem together, and then you and your spouse attack the problem together instead of attack each other. Good. And yeah. your dad? He stole my words. I was going <laughs> to say the problem is the problem. Yeah. And I am a conflict Clear. I hate uh, conflict. Okay. And so diffusing the conflict by framing it in the terms that the problem is the problem, mm. Pat is not the problem, really helps me de-escalate my mm. fear of conflict. Okay. And it's a manageable thing to look at. Nice. Well, and I would, like I said, I have a lot to say about that because I, I think I think couples could avoid a lot of problems if they learned to fight better. Fight more effectively. Fight more effectively. <laughs> yes, that, that is a better way to put it. That is a more effective way to communicate. Oh, yeah. um, so we were having, not too long ago, a few months ago, we were we were having a discussion that was becoming a debate that almost was <laughs> becoming an argument. And Susie said, I don't want to debate with you. It makes me feel this way. And I went, whoa, I, I don't want you to feel that way. And I think it's important for mm. spouses to go, I don't want you to feel this way. So whatever we're doing, it's not working because I don't want you to feel this way. And I think our conversation really changed after that when it when I realized, oh, in my mind, we're just having a spirited, fun kind of you know, debate. <laughs> and I'm feeling that, attacked. And she's right. feeling attacked. And I'm like, oh, uh-huh. I, I don't want you to feel attacked. I think it's important to say that. I don't want you to feel that way. And then I think it's important to realize that. Like my wife that I love feels attacked by me. That that is I don't want that. Yeah. That is not good. And so that helps you go, okay, well we we need to define the problem so that we're on team together yeah. solving the problem. That's good. All right. Next word. And I don't know if you saw the email, but I did alliteration just for you, Pat. I, I did see that. I know how much that's important to you. Well it is. It is. It is. Yeah. You're so. speaking his language. <laughs> right. All right. The second word, the second C word is compromise. First thoughts. So I'll take the lead on this because you're so full of words. But when I when I think of compromise, I think of what is best for the Howells. It's not what's best for Susie or what's best for Pat, but what is best for the Howells. And that's going to get us to that good place of compromise, thinking in team uh-huh. language. 
And we actually will talk about that a lot. And if people can think the howls are more important than Pat and Susie, again, they start going, well, how do we solve the problem for the howls? Not how do we solve the problem so Pat wins? All right. Last one. Last C word we have is communication. First thoughts. Communication needs to be clear and I think women struggle with that. We hint around things a lot, but I've I've had to really learn to say what I mean, mean what I say, and don't say it mean. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I did not come up with that, but I'll, I'll say I've always yeah. said. Yes, I've always said. That. <laughs> I've always, yeah, I've always said that from somebody somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, well, and that actually has really improved for us a lot because I don't get hints. And sometimes when I think I'm getting hints, it so bugs me that I'm being hinted at instead of spoken to <laughs> that I will choose not to get hints. Yeah. And that's a flaw of mine. That's not right. I'm willing to bet there are a lot of people out there same way. Uh, but when Susie will speak plainly and just if when women will speak to men very clearly and plainly, it, it makes a huge difference. It's much yeah. more effective. It yeah. is. And, and I got to say, for, for my marriage, it's actually a little bit opposite. Helena, I think, has much more of your personality, Pat, and I probably have more of Susie's personality. And she's Helena's very blunt. I always tell her it's from her time living in the Northeast and being around Yankees that she just kind of <laughs> developed that. But I, I don't think that's it. It really is a personality thing. And she just wants the black and white cut and dry. Tell me what's up. And I kind of talk around points or very overly descriptive or, you know, like you say, hinting or whatever. And, and she's just like, we well, just get to the point. Tell me what you want. What do you need? What are you thinking? Just let's get on with this. Well, so yeah. I, w- I will speak for Helena then. You know, <laughs> you know love her well yeah. by speaking clearly uh, because if we stop and think about it, it is unfair to our spouse when we're putting all the burden on them to figure something out, that's just unfair. So let's say that I'm wanting something from Susie, whatever it is. And I keep hinting at it. And then I'm angry at her because she's not picking up what I'm laying down. (laughs) And, you know, and she's going, I don't understand why you're angry with me Mm. or, or even vice versa. There are guys going, I don't understand why I'm in trouble. And she's been dropping hints. Yeah. When if it, we go, well, that's just unfair. It's mm. it's unfair. So if I'm going to love them well, then I need to respect them enough to speak clearly and plainly to them right. so that they can make a choice to love me back well, or we can talk about it. And so I find it very frustrating. So probably one of the examples, Susie came home and she'd had a very stressful day because I'm sure she was doing a thousand things for a thousand people. And she kept talking about she was going to go get ice cream. Mm. I'm going to go get ice cream. Do you <laughs> want to go get ice cream? And I was like, no, I'm not going to have ice cream. <laughs> well, I'm going to have ice cream. I think I'm going to go get ice cream. You sure you don't want to go get ice cream? And I'm like, no, I don't. You should go get ice cream. Like I support you going to get ice cream right. while she's changing into her pajamas. And mm. I'm thinking, okay, you're just like, <laughs> and she keeps throwing it out there. And in my mind, I'm going, well, either she's going to go through a drive through with uh, a coat funny. on or she's not really going to get ice cream yeah. because she thinks I think she can't. So I'm trying to go, you should go get ice cream. No, I support you going to get ice cream. <laughs> she finally looks at me and says something along the lines of, I want you to go to the store and get ice cream for me. <laughs> And I was like, sure, I'm not doing anything. I'm happy to do that. But uh, in my mind, I'm going, so are you, 
Like, you want me to make you feel better about going to get ice creams? I'm trying to do that. You should go get ice cream. Yeah, just saying what you meet from the beginning cuts out a lot of yeah, problems. Yeah, you would have had ice that. cream 10 minutes yeah. earlier. Because <laughs> I'm like, you yeah, delayed, no problem. You delayed the satisfaction ice of ice cream. Yeah. So in speaking about loving our spouse well, obviously for me and the theme of this podcast is loving in deed and truth, right? So we've talked a lot about the deed, the actions, the things. So let's talk about the truth part. Let's look at scriptures and how the word of God points to us loving one another well. Okay. Well, I will take the part about husbands loving their wives. Okay. And then when we get to the wives, you can take those same passages and so we all know Ephesians 5, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church right. and gave us a form. So we should love our, our spouse sacrificially, and uh, we should try to present her before the Lord, not that we can do the work of Christ, but it should be our goal to help our spouse grow in Christ. But what I find interesting is Ephesians 4, not Ephesians 5, the beginning of Ephesians 4. And I think, and I would just encourage people to go, all of the passages that deal with how the church should treat each other, well, Susie is also my sister in Christ. Yeah. So I'm always trying to live out church verses, if you mm. will, at home. So it says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling for which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I think that is an amazing marriage passage. We usually think of that about the church. Yeah, oh, we should definitely. be working toward, you know, we should be eagerly maintaining the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Yeah, And I'm like, but, but I live with a believer. If mm. I'm supposed to do that with people I only see on Sunday in life group, how much more am I to do that with a person that I live with, which, yeah. by the way, I'm more likely to have conflict with. Right. And so right. it'll often come to my mind. You know, I live with a sister in Christ who, to whom I am to eagerly pursue peace. So it, it, if I'm going to honor God as the church in our home, I have to do those things. And then another passage that has really been impactful to me is we all know, or many people know, 1 Peter 3 talks about wives and husbands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it tells us that husbands were to live with their wives in an understanding way so that as the weaker vessel, so mm -hmm. that our prayers will not be hindered. But what fascinates me about that is go back to 1 Peter 2. He starts all of this by talking about servants in verse 18. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. So he, he starts this by going, servants, whether you have good masters or bad masters, you do the hard work of honoring God. Then he says, likewise, wives. So wives, you do the hard work of honoring God, mm. whether you have a good husband or bad husband. Then he says in verse 7, likewise, husbands. And so when I often think about the work of marriage, I, I will think, you know, like, yeah, it, it would be great if there wasn't work involved here. But is this worse than a slave who has a bad master being called, right. you know, being called to honor God? Yeah. No, but likewise, yeah. likewise in a hard situation. So when there are times I may be on my pity party or I may be self-righteous or whatever, I'm like, you know, I am called to do the hard work to honor God. 
And so whatever that hard work is, and I often think in my head, it's still not as bad as if I have a master who beats me right. and is unjust. Right. But likewise, yeah. I am to do the hard work. So likewise, I am to live with her in an understanding way. And there are times when you have strong opinions and thoughts and you don't want to take to do the hard work of understanding. Mm. And I just think of that regularly and go, but likewise, yeah. like the servant. And so I've just encouraged people that whenever you feel like husbands, whenever you feel like you don't want to understand your wife, you don't want to do the hard work, you don't want to have that long conversations over and over so that you can repeat back to her. So this is what you're saying. Like, I understand you. You have been heard. You don't, when you don't want to do that, just keep thinking, well, at least I'm not a servant being beaten unjustly. (laughs) (laughs) But likewise, could be worse. (laughs) Likewise, I am to do the hard work. To yeah. honor God. That's good. That's good. So I really, I really like the Ephesians four and you bringing that up because I mean, I'll say that I don't probably like most people. I read those verses and you think about the body of Christ. You think about loving your neighbor or loving your enemy. Like you apply these things to all of those. And then we forget that our spouse fits all of this category, not your enemy, but they fit the category of (laughs) maybe (laughs) depending on the conflict, but they do fit the category of loving your neighbor and loving others. Well, and you know, I like that you brought that up and and how those still apply within a marriage. So thank you. All right. So before we end any final thoughts from either of you on loving your wife, well, it is worth all of the effort. That would be my final encouragement to everybody. You may go, well, great. You married an amazing woman, which I did. And but I I made a bad choice or you feel like you're not a good fit or whatever. Mm. And I would say do the hard work of honoring God by loving her well. Yeah. I promise you it will be worth it. Yeah. It will be worth it. And that was the advice that you gave Helene and I when the first time we met with you, you said it will be hard work. Do it. It's worth it. I remember mm. that as the first thing you shared with us. So oh, yeah. Good. Great advice. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to end this one, but make sure to join us next week as Susie takes the hot seat and we talk about loving your husband well. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in every Monday as I have a special guest in the studio to talk with me about what it is to love God and love our neighbors in both deed and in truth. And check us out every Friday for a new episode of Freestyle Friday. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. Leave us a review and go ahead and share the podcast with your friends. You can also check us out online at deedandtruthpodcast.com and you can connect with us on social media. We're on Twitter at deed underscore truth and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube by searching the Deed and Truth podcast. All right, until next time.